Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio. It's Red Monday, Chiefs, Raiders, Monday night football tonight at Arrowhead Stadium. If you're going, be safe, be loud. You know what's at stake. It's Raiders week. Uh, Chiefs relatively healthy going into this game tonight, though, aren't they? They have been blessed the entire season. They have had no really serious injuries. There are three guys who are questionable tonight. Mike Dana, Trey Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster. And Harrison Butker is out, but he's been out the entire season, or at least from the opening kickoff anyway. But uh, over and above all that, the Chiefs are a a 7.5-point favorite. They should prevail. They're a better team than the Las Vegas Raiders. And, uh, hey, it's Raiders-Chiefs, and that's always a hard-hitting, tough football game. But you have Andy Reid with a variety of offensive moves that are going to be made, and we've seen that with the Chiefs. Heck, the Raiders are only 1-3 and on the year, and... Uh, I, I can't see this game being close, to be honest with you. I think it'll be, it's fun, it's Raiders-Chiefs, but I think Kansas City prevails. Uh, I know you guys are going to talk about it Ned Talk tonight, uh, starting at 5 o'clock, but uh, it's the over-under right now. Over-under is 53. Again? Uh-huh. That's what it was last with, week. I tell you, the NFL has really gotten into a <laughs> rut because all these games are the same. And Now, you get some that are higher scoring, like uh, the Seattle game with New Orleans yesterday and all that sort of thing. I'm, but over and above all that, it should be... It should be a game about in that uh, in that position. I would think the Chiefs will win. I'm not going to give you a final score because I do that on Ned Talk. Yeah, <laughs> well. We'll see what happens. I'd pick the over again. Um, all right, so let's talk college football. Um, pretty interesting matchups over the weekend. It was nothing really, uh, no, no big shockers really in the world of college football as far as upsets go, in my opinion. Uh, However, o- Oklahoma, Texas, that, the that, final score is a huge surprise. Well, what has happened to Oklahoma? I mean, but, but it wasn't, that's, I mean, that's not an upset though, because they had their butts handed to them week in and week out. I mean, yeah, obviously the But the fact that crazy. they have gone into a slump is a big upset oh, yeah. because that doesn't happen. This is the first time in history that's happened. In history, not just in recent decades, in history, Oklahoma lost 49 to nothing to Texas. That's no points for Oklahoma. And a defense giving up 49 one week, 55 to Texas Christian the week before. What on earth? My goodness. Anyway, that's that's for them to worry about. Our problem is Missouri State. Bears playing Southern Illinois. And this is a game I really felt like uh, was placed in the must-win category for the Bears. I was there, and they got off to a 14-0 lead, they being Missouri State. I thought, hey, this is pretty good. This team's coming out. They're playing hard. They're playing like they can. The offense is clicking. And then all of a sudden, and Mike, this is, this is a disturbing factor with the Bears. They commit some rockhead plays. It's fourth and two. The uh, Salukis have the ball. They're in punting situation, fourth and two. They have the ball on their own, what, 45-yard line or whatever it is. They're going to punt to the Bears, fourth and two. And the kid comes back into punt formation, kicks the ball, and one of the Bears runs into him. All right, it's a five-yard penalty. It's not a 15, but five was more than enough. First down. All right, Southern Illinois takes the ball down and capitalizes on that. Then a little bit later on, the Bears have a fourth and two at a belt midfield, and they go for it and do not get it. Southern Illinois takes over, scores at halftime. SIU has the lead 17 to 14. And SIU at one point is ahead 38-14 to 14 in the second half, late in the game. 
Now, you put the math together and you figure out that SIU has outscored the Bears 38 to nothing at one point. Final score is 38 to 21. But blowing a 14 to nothing lead, Missouri State went to hibernation. I don't know what on earth they were doing. They don't know what they were doing, or at least I, it didn't appear as though they did. And defensively, they were shelled. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just really disappointed in what I've seen, and, and I'm sure the players and coaches are too. And the public is too. I mean, again, it's just kind of like you watch this team that was just like, Almost beating Arkansas, and it just they have not been been the same team. Left since. it on the field. They did, and the defense is just oh man. Now they do have a bye week coming up this week, and that's time to regroup. But hey, you have you have five days, six days to regroup between games. You should be ready to go. I I don't understand this. And Mike, before the game, keep in mind now when the Bears played South Dakota State in a very big game a couple of weeks ago, there were problems other than on the football field like the concession stands, long lines, you couldn't get served. Well, they had 13,100, I think, that day. I predicted, hey, fans are fickle. If they don't feel like they're going to get really good service at a football game, football game's fine. It's a game. It's going to happen win-lose. But when you're not getting good service, that is a no-no. And sure enough, sure enough, they had half that number on Saturday, 7,100. Ugh. That hurts right that there. That hurts, and it was a gorgeous day, too. Beautiful day. Beautiful. My excuse is I was watching a two-year-old running around my house in my backyard and trying to clean the house at the same time. So that was my <laughs> excuse. But I did watch it, and I was also disappointed. Um, but, hey, that TCU-KU uh, game was a dandy, though. That was, and that was a championship-level game. It definitely was. Kansas had a chance to win the game. Texas Christian held them off 38-31 in a terrific battle. But they're very good teams. Now, when is the last time you saw TCU and Texas playing in a big game and OU and Texas University playing down the Cotton Bowl in Dallas when a game that really meant very little? That <laughs> just uh, the apocalypse has happened. <laughs> it, well, it's just the changing in the guard, and you see it that is. you definitely do. Um, speaking of which, prep football scene. Uh, how many weeks? I can't believe we're even thinking about the playoffs. We are indeed. This week coming up is number eight. It's a nine-game regular season. So obviously, next weekend, the weekend removed from this by one, will be the final weekend, and then week ten. And everybody plays in week ten, but it is not part of the regular season. It is the district to playoffs. That's where all the teams are seated. Now not all the teams play because the top seated teams get a bye that week. But by the same token, every everybody's included in the playoffs. So week ten it's the beginning of districts and that's just three weeks away. That'll be very interesting because we have some good teams in southwest Missouri. The districts are the beginning of the march to the playoffs. Friday afternoon. Listen to the game on our sister station. Not a whole lot's going on. And Yepes hits one out, and I'm like, all right. And we go get our haircuts. We're listening to the game, and then all of a sudden. Philly score six runs, and that's the end of that. But you have hope for game two. And then after game two, Saturday night, watching that, I was just like, really sucks when all of your hot bats go cold at the same time. They were utterly flat on Saturday night, and you could see it coming. They left it on the field Friday. When the Phillies hit them with that six runs in the ninth inning, six runs that did not come with a whole lot of bat swinging. It came with walks and misplays and... You don't have that sort of thing. Philadelphia scores six, wins the game six to three. 
this was so disturbing because when they came out and played Saturday night, here's Aaron Nola, who's an All-America at LSU, and he's a fine pitcher for the Phillies. Had 235 strikeouts this year. This guy's this guy can be a beast on the hill, and he was. He had the Cardinals completely blanked. Then when you guy uh, get get a home run from your big gun. That, uh, that really makes a big difference. Phillies had a 2-0 lead. Ninth inning, here come the Cardinals at bat. And yes, they, the first two guys are out, but they get a base hit. They get another base hit, a clutch hit from Yachty. And runners on first and third with two outs. And you have coming up to bat your big guns. You have Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato coming, uh, coming to bat. Okay, surely you're going to get a hit out of one of these guys, and they both go down striking out. Now, that is baseball. Those things happen. But you could, all you do is put a ball in play. And didn't do that, and then Tommy Edmond makes the, uh, the final out. But you talk about a disappointment and a flat team, and that crowd was very subdued at the very end, and then seeing Yachty and Albert leaving the field for the last time. Hey, this is uh, th- this was not a dominant performance by St. Louis, and I know they're very down. They have a long winter ahead of them. They do, but at the end of the day, uh, it was a magical season. And as a fan, what I've always said is give me a season to root for, and they did that. And uh, at the end of the day, don't hang your hats up too low or whatever. Keep wearing them and be back next year, and it uh, is a change in the guard. We've got some great talent coming up through the system right now. There is going to be a big difference, though, Mike. Very big difference. Yes, there's new talent on the team, and the talent always comes in very hyped, a.k.a. the Missouri State Bears came in very hyped. They have All right, that's another story. The Cardinals have some good talent. We've seen that talent down here. But there is a big difference next year. First of all, you don't have the leadership of a Yachty nor an Albert. Now, whether or not Adam Wainwright returns, that's that's problematic. I think we'll find that out rather shortly. The pitching staff does need to be reworked, as does the team chemistry. Here's the big difference. This year, the Cardinals, and this is not to say that it wasn't deserved, but the Cardinals won over 90 games. 93, I think, was their final regular season. They're playing, Mike, in the weakest division in all of baseball. You've got Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Chicago Cubs in there. These are all really mediocre teams, and the Cardinals feasted on them. That won't be the case next year. No, the Cardinals aren't changing division. The schedule is changing to where instead of 20 games against those teams, you're only going to play between 12 and 13. That's because every team is playing everybody else. The Cardinals will play all 29 other teams. Well, you're going to be reduced from the, uh, the division that you've been in. You feasted in that division. We talked about this when the playoffs began. Even though the Cardinals had the division one, they're going to be playing a lot stronger teams. Philadelphia is stronger. I don't think they're stronger than the Cardinals, in my opinion, but they were stronger and had the pitching. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, oh my, they just blanked the Cardinals completely. And the Cardinals, toward the end of the season, were showing some vulnerability. They weren't hitting the ball, even playing Pittsburgh, where you say, and they have a big lead. Hey, you play the game to win. Herm Edwards said that, and that's how you face every game. Well, Regardless of all that, we can cry over spilled milk. I do think the Cardinals make some changes during the course of the winter. I know the Kansas City Royals will. They don't have a GM or a field manager, so they will have to. But in the Cardinals' case, I think you'll see some that may come as a surprise. Really? Well, we'll see what happens uh, again. It's been a good season for Cardinals fans, but uh, (laughs) now locally, not a whole lot to watch. And be watching the East and the West Coast, it seems, or South. Uh, All right, so um, tonight, Chiefs, Raiders, 
Monday Night Football, and it all kicks off with your live local Chiefs pregame show with Ned Reynolds, Joe Weston, and the V-Team. Ned Talk at 5. Yeah, we begin that. And that's how the broadcast schedule works here on uh, the cave. It's uh, 5 o'clock for our Ozarks pregame show, which is falsely entitled Ned Talk. But be that as it may, that runs for an hour, 5 to 6. 6 to 7 is the Chiefs pregame show over the Chiefs network. And then 7 to whenever it ends is the Chiefs and the Raiders. You'll hear all of it right here, 104.7 The Cave. Should be a really fun time, but I do think the Chiefs win this one. I hope you're right, sir. It's uh, been a crazy season so far, but we need to keep that lead in the division. And if you want to qualify to win that Kingdom Custom Teardrop with Center Creek Teardrops, come see us at Coyote Sports Cafe, South Glenstone tonight. I'll be there starting at 6 o'clock, and we'll qualify someone, and uh, we'll be listening to Ned talk together on the parking lot in our own little tailgate, (laughs) Ned. You have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow.